Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. As always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe, I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. Uh, today, we have another one of Safari Mike's fantastic uh, guided tours of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Today, he takes us through the Maharaja Jungle Trek, but we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, before we do that, I want to tell you a couple of things. Of course, subscribe to the show. Please rate and review us. It helps to get the word out on the show. Also, you can join us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Mike is at Jombo Everyone on Twitter. I'm at Radio Harambe. Facebook is Jombo Everyone. And our Instagram page is at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So go follow us there. Great way to follow the show and communicate with all of us. Um, if you have any questions, you can certainly email us, JomboEveryone at gmail.com. Now, before we get over to Safari Mike's tour, uh, I just wanted to mention something. We have been selling T-shirts in our T Public store. The link is in the show notes. It's also in all the social media I just gave you. So um, you can quickly reference any of those to go to find the T-shirts that we're doing. Uh, a friend of ours, she goes by at Raising Las Vegas, Christina on uh, Twitter, has done an incredible job with some great new T-shirt designs, some attraction-based stuff, and they really, really are nice. Uh, so go check them out. This time of kind of great upheaval in the world and the economy uh, suffering, you know, zoos have been suffering too. And zoos can't stop the work they do, can't stop the expensive work they do, regardless of the fact that there's nobody coming in the door. They still have to take care of all the animals. They still have to do all the things they need to do, all the veterinary services and so on. So a lot of zoos have um, called for us to help them with donations. Now, Maybe you don't know this, but Safari Mike isn't called Safari Mike because of his love of Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's because he spent many years volunteering uh, as a docent at the Bronx Zoo. And one of the zoos that has been calling for some help has been Mike's beloved Bronx Zoo. So all the money that we're going to make, every 100% of the profits off these t-shirts, we're just going to donate them this time to the Bronx Zoo. So go to our... Um, to go to our T Public page, buy a shirt, money goes to the Bronx Zoo. But I also encourage you to go to the Bronx Zoo's homepage, to their own website, and donate there as well. So, like I said, without further ado, let's turn this over to Safari Mike. Uh, there's nothing better at this time when we can't get to Disney World than to just, or to Disney's Animal Kingdom, just to put your headphones on. You're going to hear Mike walking around through the Maharaja Jungle Trek, you're going to hear the sounds of. Uh, you know, of Disney's Animal Kingdom and the Jungle Trek behind you as you walk. So close your eyes and imagine yourself at the Maharaja Jungle Trek with Safari Mike. Yeah. 
repeat sort of of one of our very first episodes on Radio Harambe where I did a walking tour of the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Uh, I'm going to do basically the same tour now, um, although we've since added blank-tailed macaques, and I'm actually going to start off outside of the Jungle Trek and talk about the gibbons and siamangs. Siamangs are the first one that's right by the water, um, or excuse me, right by the walking path towards Everest. Uh, this is a pair, a, a breeding pair of siamangs, a uh, male and female, although they have not had babies in a long time. Siamangs are endangered, and they are the world's largest gibbon. That means they are the largest lesser ape. Uh, gibbons are apes, not monkeys. You'll hear everybody walking by talking about how uh, they are monkeys. They are not. Um, they are apes. The one way you can tell is the fact that they do not have tails. All monkeys have tails. Even baboons and other monkeys have small tails. These guys don't have any tail, so they are apes. I'm watching him um, actually now brachiate across the scaffolding. Brachiation is that function of a, of a monkey and apes where they swing by their arms, Tarzan style, um, through the trees of the jungle. Uh, this one is brachiating through the um, scaffolding. As we move over to the white cheek gibbon, uh, these guys are interesting in that they're the only animals that actually change color twice. All babies are born blonde, then turn black, and then females turn blonde again. So the large female you see in, um, in this exhibit is um, the blonde one. Um, the scaffolding is, serves as two functions. Number one, it acts as a great place for the gibbons to swing around and, as I said, brachiate. Number two is, it actually talks about the backstory. And the backstory to this is, these were ancient temples of um, Anandapur. And the people of Anandapur are now working on um, repairing and refurbishing these ancient temples. However, now, meaning any day you're in the park, is raining season. So they have taken a break for the, during rainy season of from refurbing the, the jungle, uh, excuse me, the uh, ruins. Um, so that's why you don't see any workers on it. But the gibbons come in and enjoy the, um, the scaffolding. I am now actually walking into the Anandapur Royal Forest. And that is, you could see a sign uh, at the front about the Anandapur Royal Forest. It, re it talks about how uh, very ancient times the Rahaj of Anandapur have hunted tigers in this forest that we're going in. And King Bhima Disampati uh, decreed the forest a royal preserve. He's the one that built the royal hunting lodge, which we'll get to in a few minutes. And after 1948, the royal forest was given to the people of Anandapur, and today it is a preserve um, and is a valuable watershed of the Chakranadi River, which is where Kali River Rapids is. Now, as we walk in, the first exhibit we're going to come to is, of course, the Komodo dragons. Now, the dragons themselves 
are uh, a great form of island gigantism. What that means is that in some areas, uh, animals that live on islands uh, grow to enormous sizes. The Komodo is the largest lizard, for example. The Galapagos tortoise um, over by, uh, which you can find here at the Tree of Life trails. Another example, uh, cassowaries, giant land birds from New Guinea. Another example. Now here, um, the Komodo dragon is the largest animal on Guam and uh, some of the surrounding islands. And um, they are the largest, they are the apex predator. They eat a lot of carrion, a lot of dead things, but they will hunt. Um, for a long period of time, it was thought they were actually venomous to a degree. That is, because they eat a lot of dead animals and things like that, there would be bacteria on their, uh, in their mouths and on their teeth. And if they bit a, a, a prey, even if they don't kill it, eventually it would get sick and die, and then it would be there for the taking. Um, that has since proven to be not totally accurate um, by recent science. You'll also notice, like all other lizards, they tick their tongue out. That is not only to taste, but they're basically tasting the air. It's a part of their smelling uh, uh, function. Now, as we're moving closer to the actual uh, area of the um, Royal Hunting Lodge, we next stop at, a, at an exhibit that used to be uh, the taper when this first opened. It is, for a long period of time, it was um, closed with nothing in it. Uh, we're walking now past the uh, Beware of Tigers and the ruins ahead. But now, of course, this is the home of the lion-tailed macaques, extremely endangered monkeys from the mountains of India, the rainforest mountains of India. Um, unfortunately for me, anyway, they are not out. In fact, when I came in through here a couple days ago, they weren't out, so I'm not sure if they're working on the exhibit or not. But in any event, lion-tailed macaques are found in the mountains of India, they are extremely territorial and they have, they live in small groups. Here there's a male and the three breeding females. Um, their habitat has been fragmented. In the, the area where they live, there are a lot of tea and coffee farms as well as some other type of farming that has cut the rainforest into pieces and it is hard to keep genetic diversity uh, when you are doing uh, something like that or they're uh, cut off from each other. Uh, as I said, these are highly endangered, and they are part of an SSP, the Species Survival Program, uh, where zoos from around the country are working together to keep the uh, genetic diversity and hopefully repopulate the animal uh, somewhere down the road. As we continue through the forest, we come up to the first building. And this is an area where the people of Anandapur gather for various talks and things like that. It is Atavika Station number 12. And recently, they had a talk about bats. And as we walk in, we'll show you uh, some of the things that you can find in here. There is a chalkboard in the back that talks about 
the giant flying fox, which is what we have here, the Rodriguez flying, flying fruit bat. Um, bats, of course, are important to the life of the forest. And for you who listen to the show and my pollinators episode will maybe recall that I actually talked a little bit about Rodriguez fruit bats. Um, they are important pollinators. When they're eating fruits, they get pollens, um, they get po- or eating the nectar of flowers, they get pollen all over themselves. And when it rubs off as they fly onto the other flowers, there's also a bat house. Uh, one of the things you could do uh, in your home is to build a bat house. Bringing bats, mosquito, bug-eating bats to your, uh, to your neighborhood. Bats can sometimes eat a thousand insects in an hour. They are a fantastic ways to keep down the population of uh, insects. There are a couple of small exhibits in Atavika Station Number 12. One of them is a tree monitor. Uh, these guys are found in New Guinea. Um, they are often found, according to the sign, often found on uh, cocoa plantations around there. Um, they eat insects. Therefore, they're very important to farmers as they grow um, crops. Tree monitors can help them keep down the population of crop-destroying bugs. There's also a prehensile-tailed skink, another type of lizard here. Um, These also are plant eaters, um, and they also live in trees. There's a sign here that talks about encouraging the locals of an Andapur to help the lizard and many other species by purchasing wildlife-friendly lumber that is harvested in a sustainable manner. Now, it's interesting to point out some of the photographs taken. Um, we posted up here, these are about bats. There's a big sign here about sparing our bats and building bat houses and stuff like that. It's encouraging the people of Anandapur to help keep the species alive. Now, we're moving to the hunting lodge itself. This is the area that's built on a uh, sort of like a little cliff overlooking the tiger exhibit. And there's a lot of water in the exhibit itself. That is because um, the Rahaj, the Rajas, um, in an attempt to keep or to get the tigers up close, will shoot, um, get them close by enticing them with water. Tigers, uh, which is rare for a big cat, love water. Um, and these guys are no different. Right now, there are Sumatran tigers. Uh, for many years, we had only um, Asian tigers, mixed species, useless in terms of genetic diversity and keeping the species alive. As I'm moving over here, you can see the, the beautiful fountain uh, that they used to entice the tigers into their, um, into their rifle range. Um, this was the original hunting lodge of the Raja. Uh, this was the observation blind that he would use. Uh, now it's an observation blind to take pictures and uh, see the tigers themselves. Um, now, as I was saying, Sumatran tigers are highly endangered. They're one of the few remaining um, 
island species of tigers. They are also one of the smallest. There used to be Bali and Javan tigers, which were found on the islands of Bali and Java, obviously. Both of those are extinct. They were quite similar to the Sumatran. They were smaller, uh, deeper in color. Now, as we go past this particular exhibit, we get to, of course, uh, one of my favorite things, and that is the Tiger Wall. And you start to see a lot of murals all, all around here as we're now getting to the hunting palace of the Rajas. First up, of course, is the Tiger Wall. And I am going to stop at the Tiger Wall and, of course, take an obligatory selfie at the Tiger Wall. Now, we're getting into the center portion and we can actually see uh, the female Sumatran tiger. The children are in the separ are separate exhibits later on. I'm looking for Sony now. That is the female. And anyway, take a look at the murals around. You'll show the uh, tigers being hunted uh, by the various rajas. And there is also four, four walls with few, four, excuse me, murals all around. And these are the successive, the other rajas that took over after the initial one. The initial one is the one with the bow. That is uh, King Buma. He's the bow hunter, and he's the one that was actually hunter. But his successor, successor, successors, excuse me, was the Raja, Raja who brought peace with nature. He's the one holding a flower. There's the one who brought peace with man. He's the one holding the birdhouse. And there's another one who brought peace with animals. He is the older um, Raja, the one with the gray beard. He abandoned uh, the people of Anandapur completely to live with the animals. Take a look, of course, all around you, our prayer flags. These are um, flags that are meant to pray to, and they take your, your um, prayer up to heaven itself. Now, as we move on, you can hear one of the talkers here. There's more murals and there's more little portions. Right to the right of you is the mural showing uh, the bow hunters taking down a tiger, killing one of the tigers. Um, the tiger will get his revenge later on in the mural, but here shows uh, on both sides the hunting of tigers uh, by the Raja, Rahaj, Rajas. Excuse me. As you can see one is hunting on elephants and one is hunting on a platform up in the trees. Now as we get to the next exhibit, that is, consists mainly of prey for the uh, um, tiger. And in fact, the, the exhibit itself goes behind, and sometimes you can see the, uh, some of the animals back there. There are three different kinds of ungulates, that is, um, animals, uh, deer-like, antelope-like animals. There's the Eld's deer, which is from Southeast Asia. He is endangered. Um, they live in large herds in that area, and they are all... The reason they are endangered is they are frequent, uh, frequently found on dinner plates of locals. 
There's also the black buck. That's an antelope. It is from India, Nepal, and Pakistan. Um, you could tell the difference between the males and females is the male is much darker and has greater horns. Um, there can be bachelor herds of this group since there is one dominant male in a herd. Uh, Non-dominant males go off and sometimes group themselves looking for an opportunity to take over a herd, uh, but they live in um, bachelor herds until that time. They are significant in Hinduism. Therefore, they are never harmed uh, by people of that religious background. Um, thus, they are not endangered and they're doing relatively well. Um, apparently, the, it is the black buck that draws the chariot of Lord Krishna, so its hide is very sacred. Finally, there's also the water buffalo. These are wild in Southeast Asia. There is a domesticated version, and there's uh, over 130 million domesticated buffalo around the world. There are two kinds of wild ones, river and swamp. Um, what we have here is uh, the, the swamp version. Excuse me, the river version. Uh, and they're relatively small. They're smaller than the domesticated version of it. Also in here are barred head geese. These are found in mountain lakes in Southeast Asia, and they eat small grasses. One of the most interesting things about these is they are one of the highest flying birds in the world. Uh, when they migrate, they cross the Himalayan mountains and will reach excess of 29,000 feet. There are also uh, cranes in here. Cranes are found throughout uh, religious symbols in uh, Asia uh, because they mostly breed for life. Um, it's not 100% accurate, but they usually stay in mated pairs for as long as possible. Uh, they're often a symbol of fertility. And they're often a uh, symbol of nobility. Behind this exhibit is, of course, the um, a, a sign about um, habitat loss. Um, it shows that in ancient times, there was basically 100% habitat. Now. We are down to 7% of the historic habitat um, of the Asian area. And they will show um, tiger habitat from a thousand years ago, or excuse me, a hundred years ago, covered all of Asia into Russia, into Central Asia and the plateaus of Northern China and stuff. And now it is found mostly in Southeast Asia and India, as well as a, a small population of, of Siberian tigers in Russia, which of course is the largest of all tigers. We now see remnants of the people of Anandapur, and that is uh, water. Uh, people leave water jugs here all the time because this is a natural spring in the area. Um, it is kept here, potable water, it's kept for um, locals, uh, meaning you and me, are traveling through the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Um, it talks about how it's uh, known that you should not uh, drink local water, standing water, or water from unidentified sources. This is a sign from the Ministry of Public Health of the Kingdom of Anandapur. Now, we are going to cross the bridge. Here, there is more tiger exhibits, and these are the young that were born, oh, about a year or so ago. It is here you will see the faith of King Bhima. Uh, before you enter that area, you'll see some uh, nice murals depicting uh, natural life. The tiger is resting on the shore and the people 
uh, rowing a boat and not, uh, or basically ignoring uh, the tiger. You cross the bridge and the prayer flags. Take a look to the exhibit on the right, and that is the one where uh, one of the uh, Sumatra tiger cubs now lives. You will see King Bima being mauled. First is a depiction of uh, hunting tigers again on the left, but then on the right, you'll see somebody being mauled by a tiger. That is the fate of the first Raja, the one who built the hunting lodge. He uh, was killed and mauled by a tiger. There are some beautiful murals all around depicting hunting of tigers as well as uh, elephants and the like. Make sure you take a look at, uh, along the top, the finely intricate details of what was uh, the hunting palaces here. In fact, at one point in time, an owl nest in there is um, moving over. I can see the tiger himself. Uh, he's back there walking around. Uh, beautiful picture with him right next to the um, all the murals. Now. We are going to continue on. There's one last exhibit, and that is the birds. This is the tomb and the sarcophagus, sarcophagi of the um, of Anatta, the founder of Anandapur. As you get closer, you will see five carvings, stone reliefs. First is man and beast living together. The second is when animals began to become afraid. And the first two are on the right-hand side as you're walking towards the Red Temple. First, of course, is living together. Second, uh, they started to become afraid. Started to become afraid of man. The third one shows a man um, causing, cutting a tree and causing the destruction of nature. Fourth one is where the gods were mad at man and struck him down with a violent storm. And finally, the fifth one is man living in harmony with nature. Now, as you enter this red building, this is the sarcophagus of the founder of Anandapur, Anada. Uh, here is one more chance to look at uh, tigers. Uh, this is the same exhibit that was over um, over the bridge on the right-hand side. ways I think we exhibit birds um, and here is the animal kingdom and that is in these giant aviaries it's not small cages or birds don't get a chance to fly here they have every opportunity to let me talk about a few of the ones that you regularly see some of them are a little bit more hidden than others 
In the pond, there are Mandarin ducks. These are from East Asia. They're also a symbol of fidelity in China and Korea. Um, they're often used as symbols in weddings uh, because they uh, basically are thought to mate for life. There's the Nicobar pigeon. That is the uh, one that is kind of a fluorescent green feathers. It is a cl the closest living relative to the extinct dodo bird, if anybody has ever heard of that. Um, they're metallic green and they live in flocks and there are a lot of them here. In fact, two of them just ran by my feet. Uh, they have a white tail which is only found in adults. So if you see a white tail, that is an adult. Um, they are in their area hunted for food. There's also green jungle fowl. These are from Southeast Asia. Uh, they live in groups of two to five and there's a couple here. And then those are led by a, a dominant male. The last one I'm gonna talk about individually is the great Argus pheasant. These are the huge pheasants that you see in this area. It is one of the largest pheasants in the world. And its display is um, one of the most intricate. Males do loud calls and then fan those enormous feathers that they have on their, uh, basically their tail into a great big fan trying to attack, uh, excuse me, attract females. Due to habitat destruction, they are near threatened but not extinct. Now, with regards to, well, I just see a, a white-headed nuns. They are from Southeast Asia. He's got some um, leaves in his mouth. I guess he's building a nest. Beautiful bird. Take a look around you. Um, in this exhibit. There are a lot of murals depicting birds. This was the great um, hall of the Raja's jungle palace. This is where he would entertain guests, serve food and the like. Um, it is now, of course, destroyed in the ruins. There was a big fountain in the middle of it, which you know, is kind of moldy now. But this is where uh, the Raja would entertain his guests. And all along the walls were uh, beautiful murals of birds. Um, birds being a popular symbol in uh, Southeast Asia as well as in India, which is the focus of this land. Now, we are heading towards the end. Take a look at the big column in the center. Um, you do, if you look up, you'll see where the um, netting is. But this is, I hope you can hear that, uh, one of the birds is calling, I'm not sure which one. But these columns uh, kept the great hole, the roof of the great hole afloat. Keep looking all around. There's now a pond in the middle of it, that's where the mandarin ducks live. And as I am exiting, that is the complete Maharaja jungle trek tour. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, before I go, I can see the great Argus pheasant. There are um, two of them sitting nearby the pond. Beautiful birds. Anyway, I thank you for joining me. Quaharini, go well. Yeah.